So, what's up? How's things, man? Good, dude. How are you handling the quarantine? All this shit. Uh, I'm surviving. <laughs> uh, we have Matt. We have Matt in the house, though, so um, it's not the worst, I suppose. Um, like Laura trains as well, so we can actually do a little bit of drilling and. Well, I don't think either of us are really sparring at the moment because uh, she's actually a little bit injured. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. And what, that did, one what did you do to her? What I did didn't do her? anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> sure. She 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 injured a training. Apparently, she just um, she was in someone's half guard and she like moved awkwardly and she just her knee went. Uh, ooh, boy. It's a yeah. no bueno. It's a, that's a major no major no bueno. No, it's not great, but uh, she's getting it sorted anyway, so it's not the end of the world. Ah, sure. Okay, so um, the first thing is when I go through is uh, just tell everyone where you're from originally and uh, when you started training and uh, where, like. It's, uh... Okay, <laughs> so I started training. In... Sorry if that was an awkward transition. <laughs> oh, my God, how did I, uh, when did I even start? I don't know, I started about seven, eight years ago. I think it was 2011 in um i actually started in cit mma which is still a club actually um they're just a martial arts club in the college um started with them then ended up in the mma clinic which was my sort of coach who coached in cit actually coached in the mma clinic as well that's kind of how i transitioned up there and the MMA clinic changed orders a few times and changed names about six times as well, I think. So, um, <laughs> What's, so do you know what it's called now? Or if it's uh, it's Samson, Samson Martial Arts is the current name, as far as I know. Um, oh, unless, yeah. unless it's know changed, it's I've left. Uh, yeah, like area, area loop train, trainer. So um, still have a few friends training there. Hmm. Um, and then I started my own club, T45 Jiu-Jitsu. Started that in 2018 and i currently um <coughs> sorry excuse me um i'm affiliated with andy ryan up in dublin so uh everyone knows andy <laughs> yeah andy's andy's the man he was like one of the earlier black belts in ireland everyone's yeah well aware, well aware of him uh, see one of the major questions i keep getting because i put a thing up on instagram there saying like uh any questions you want bro and to answer and one of the ones i got was uh as i just get out uh, tips on running your own gym and uh, all the lessons you've learned so far because you've been in operation for like two years nearly is it or yeah about two years now I think um, I think it's two years in August so yeah I think the biggest thing is um, basically like plan ahead so like I try to plan all my classes so I normally plan my classes about a week in advance if not two weeks if I can manage mm. and I think it just kind of makes your classes feel a little bit more structured if that makes sense no that, that's a, it's a good idea as opposed to just going in and just winging it yeah you know because, there's like a like, theme yeah I, f- I find like what happens a little bit when you wing it is like you're still probably teaching good jiu-jitsu techniques but i find like you kind of miss the overall picture or you kind of it's easy to kind of not see where it slots into the overall game so that's one yeah. thing I'm trying to do a lot with my guys is try to give them an idea of how to how it all fits together, not just show them an armbar and then show them a takedown and not explain how to get from A to B. 
Yeah, because you know it'll come up with something uh, a bit weird for the in-between if you just leave them to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, I suppose that's kind of the main thing. The other one is just, like, enjoy it because, like, I think it's really easy to kind of get caught up in all the business side of it because there's a lot of that stuff to go on. But, like, if you're not... I, I imagine that's not pretty fun, all the business shit. Uh, no, it's not, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> between coaching, like, I'd say... I basically have another full-time job running the gym on top of my regular job. So it's, Man. it's a busy week. Because like. I think everyone wants to run a jiu-jitsu gym until they actually have to fucking run a jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is, like, I wouldn't change it. Like, I love doing it, but it is it is tough going. Now, to be fair, I have, um, like, Laura helps out quite a bit with stuff. And, um, like, Zach is um, a blue belt and he helps coach a bit as well. So, like, I'm kind of starting to be able to delegate out kind of coaching duties and stuff a bit more, which is helpful. But hmm. the first year was just a bit mad. Like, I don't know how I'm actually ever going to be able – I don't think I'll ever be able to do it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't oh, man, do you want to describe, like, the, the early days of opening up the gym, like uh, like how hectic it was? Like, say, day one, for example, did you have, like, a huge fucking pool of people that were trying to do it? And you're like – it's ridiculous. There's too many people. Not really, to be honest. Uh, like, it started out really slow. Like, well, not slow. It just started quiet, I suppose. Mm. Um, like, I can remember, even if you look, if I look back at my my memories on Facebook, about a, a year ago, two years ago, there was only five or six of us on the mats. And, like, that, that at the time was just mind-blowing for me. Like, I didn't, like, I was like, holy crap, there's five, six people training. Like, this is an actual club, kind of. And... Like, you fast forward to, like, just before we closed, before quarantine, you were looking at, like, 17, 18 people on the mats on a quiet night, like. Mm. Yeah. Your gym's pretty good, like, uh, your location now. Like, you know, I've been there twice. You have pretty good setup there. Like, uh, what was your first uh, place like? Cause I had never been to that one. Um, so the, the first place was actually a community centre. <laughs> and uh, we were just using the community centre's... Um, the community center for its um like we literally were using the hall in the community center i had mat the mats and i was just dragging the mats out and putting them away every evening oh god yeah so that's how we first started and we were there for a few months and like now the only problem was the community center was actually in cove which is a different part of cork so then i was kind of given the opportunity like about 10 minutes outside Carrigtool, but like if you're driving from the city, that's about 20 minutes, you know. Ugh. It was a bit further again. Like Carrigtool is kind of ideal. It's only 15 minutes drive from the city. Uh, it's handy out. Yeah, so um, so we were kind of there for about two, three months, I think. And then um, a friend of mine, he opened uh, Warrior Fitness in Carrigtool. And that's kind of where we... The, T45 started really was um, we kind of basically st- I rented space off him two three times a week and uh, was using his math space and that was we were there for about another eight months I think and then it just kind of made sense because we were we were growing so much it made sense to kind of just go look at our own place and that's when the current place that we're in now uh, started. Mm. So, yeah, it was kind of a quick year and a half, I suppose. 
Uh, see, and for everyone who doesn't know, do you want to say what why you call the T45? Oh, no, no, no. I can't say that. <laughs> it's a mystery. Howie. It's a mystery. Okay, keep your secrets, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, see, another question I got off the Insta was like, um, your methodology behind coaching and your coaching methods, like, um, yeah, so there's a couple of different approaches I take to my um, my coaching, I suppose. Um, like the primary thing I try to do is I look at, uh, how do I even explain this? Uh, I kind of try to systemize stuff. So I kind of take a lot of from John Danaher's book with how he approaches the, his systems. Now, I'm not as in-depth as John Danaher. Like, I think he's a bit overkill sometimes. Yeah, sometimes a bit like word salady. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. No, no disrespect, but you know, sometimes it's like just get to the point, dude. Sometimes with him. Yeah, like his stuff is ama- Like his stuff is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I find it's like, especially if you're trying to teach that to like a wider blue belt level person, it can go a bit over their head sometimes. Yeah, because you know they don't really know what the deal is with like fulcrums and axes and levers and shit. It's just it's weird. Yeah, exactly. Um, so kind of what I do is I try to approach it like um, we have kind of, um, my, I suppose I call them microsystems. So we have like one from side control, one from mount, uh, one from kind of back, one from the leg lock entries. And we kind of just build out from there essentially. So like what it, my aim is for when one of my guys goes from white to blue belt, they kind of have a grasp of all of those basic microsystems. Mm. And then they're kind of, they sort of have a basic game from almost everywhere. And then we can kind of start to build on that then. Hey, you know, you know what they say, the whole foundation thing, because, you know, if they're shitty in one area, that's going to get exploited the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. It's like, I don't want to, like, like, I don't, my, my game is very specific to me, but, like, I don't want a lot of people trying to play my game because just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Mm. so you, know, you just you just give them like you give me you make sure they have their bases covered and then you just give them some freedom to find their own thing you don't necessarily say oh yeah you should do my guillotines and helix and have africa as your walkout song every time <laughs> well a- africa as a walkout song is probably the best uh like that's not a, that's not negotiable but okay um, uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> agree to disagree but okay uh Although the best walkout song I ever I ever saw was um, at Samurai um, last last year, uh, Tommy Martin walked out to Feliz Navidad because it was like the week before Christmas, I think. I, was, I, I never heard that song. I might know it's to hear, but I, I don't. Yeah, remember. you definitely know it. It's it's. I'm not singing it. I can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> I go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that was the uh, that was probably one of my favorite walkout songs. Either that or uh, when I was on Grapple Fest, uh, Craig Jones walked out to um, "I Came from the Land Down Under." I said that's yeah, that's pretty fitting. Yeah, that was a pretty good one as well. Though there's some there's some very good walkouts to be fair. So yeah, you say you'd get thrown off if because I heard a story about this like on the Rear Naked Radio. Some like they they swapped the walkout songs and one of the guys got really upset over it <laughs> in the fight. Yeah. You could tell he was like his mojo wasn't there. I'm like motherfucker, it's just a walkout song. Get over yourself. That sort of like I say can you. Ki- I can kind of see where he's coming from though. Like it's weird. Like I get oddly like 
pumped up list whenever Africa comes on and I know I have a match like coming up mm. so like it's just kind of like that song plays and then I'm just I know it's kind of time to go kind of if that makes sense now I get you <laughs> see something kind of funny like that happened to me one time so uh, I went to this one gym and they were play, playing music the whole time while you're rolling and that song Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill came on while I was getting murked on by this one guy he was just fucking, <laughs> kill, he was just fucking killing me they tapped me out about 13 times in six minutes and whenever I hear that song I just have like Vietnam like flashbacks to that fucking <laughs> yeah, roll I'm like oh fuck <laughs> not pretty so um, well, you know when uh, you know when you're teaching what's like the first say you have your beginners pool what's like the first thing you teach them on like a day day one person um, they, the first thing I try to teach like I have a, a pretty in-depth um, beginner's curriculum now at this stage I've like lined out from week one to week 16 as far as I can remember and uh, week one actually I I've I used to teach close guard but I kind of changed it up after um, talking to Ashling Daly a little bit and she uh, kind of thinks like teaching open guard first is actually a better call because if you teach someone open guard day one you kind of get this like that's that becomes a safe space for them and they're like trying to get to open or trying to get to close guard and then you just get these matches or roles especially as white belt where you get to close guard and you're just stuck in close guard essentially so yeah it's like uh, just a war of attrition at that right it's just like yeah exactly little to no action because like i don't think many white belts are very good at opening guard but they're very good at getting to close guard and holding it so you read it's just whoever gets close guard first essentially that's like me with the leg locks when i was white belt i was like okay just get the leg locks right away (laughs) yeah you kind of get this like comfort zone so like what i try what i'm i started trying to do is teach them like kind of basic guard recovery and guard retention day one and then a couple of like really simple open guard sweeps like the dummy sweep and the tripod sweep mm. and we kind of just try to I try to just get them into this habit of like you know trying to be open with their game not trying to get the close guard and um from there like we do about two weeks of kind of open guard and then we move on to start looking at the close guard and some of the submissions from there but I think it just kind of builds this attitude of like I'm not going to like force myself to close guard I'm going to try sweep from the um just open guard and then you know we kind of build from there yeah see um what do you think of the the sort of john thomas method see i was listening to him recently and he sort of goes about it to sort of reverse engineer sort of submissions so example if he was teaching someone a triangle choke he likes teach them how to finish it first and then sort of teach them how to regard it if it's getting a bit loose like sorry sorry retain it man just re, you know tongues tight yeah. and then sort of um you know going backwards and then you know you'd 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 end with learning how to get into it so you know you'd learn how to finish it first and then learn how to get it so what would you what do you think about that sort of method yeah i use it a bit but not not so much for my beginners um like for how i teach my beginners is kind of a little bit like building blocks i teach them specific techniques and stuff they can kind of almost like a it's like a pre-developed game for them Mm. but in my kind of like uh it, the regular classes or my advanced classes however you want to call them what we do is we start so we spend a month on a topic mm. so we literally like okay for example i was teaching um triangles 
um, about two or three months back. And what we were doing was we spent the first two weeks of the month literally learning how to finish the different triangles. And then the second two weeks, we actually started learning entries and how to get there. Because I think, like, it doesn't make any sense, I think, to learn a sweeper, an entry for, like, it's the same with, like, heel hooks. You see a lot, like, people are learning all these, like, reverse X entries into saddle and, like, you know, the K-guard entry into the Lachlan Giles backside 50-50 stuff. And they, yeah, I can't, can't even fathom K-guard, so don't, don't <laughs> even go there. But, like, you can see all these people starting to learn all these different, like, entries, and hmm. they're forgetting that the entry's only, like, half, the first half. You have to finish like, I, I've seen it so many times with people, they get really good at getting into the leg lock position and then they just can't finish. Man, how many times have you seen sort of that? Like, uh, do you have like a noteworthy example from like, a, do you have like a really funny example or anything like that? Uh, <laughs> like funny example? Uh, not really, actually. Like, the you thing know, is... You can, just, you can just imagine the absurd like, if you've seen a lot of memes or anything. You just like... It was like, oh, shit, I can't finish or anything like that. Yeah, it's just pure, like, um, trying to think like trying to think of how to explain it. It's just you're essentially, like, getting really good at getting somewhere but not actually being able to kind of achieve what you're trying to do. So I kind of try to spend, like, almost as much time as I do on just the finishing sequences. So I spend a lot of, especially with heel hooks and stuff, I literally spend, like half my time that I'm drilling leg locks or whatever I'll spend on the actual finishing mechanics because I think it's something a lot of people neglect and they still kind of rely on that big huge kind of rotational wrench finish that people try to do hmm nah, I, I see what you see what you mean so like would you subscribe to like a sort of um as a conceptual method on any basis like the sort of Kit Dale style of training okay like, I know you you teach them like the new guys uh, specific techniques and stuff would you ever like just go about a conceptual basis like if you've ever seen kit dale's stuff um i've seen bits of it like i don't think i'd fully uh, uh, like i don't think i'd ever fully kind of subscribe to that methodology i think the best way to train is kind of like a hybrid of everyone else's kind of all those different styles like i think the way danaher kind of approaches things that he teaches techniques but he also approaches like the concepts behind the techniques as well so I think I'm kind of more on the Danaher side of how I teach. Like I teach the techniques, even with the beginners, like I'll teach the technique, but I'll kind of explain like how the, how the like wedges and physical, the like body mechanic side of it is working. So they're not just like doing it for the sake of doing it. They're kind of, they actually know, okay, this works because like, I don't know, for example, like side control, this works because I'm pinning the hips. I'm creating two wedges that are essentially my elbow and my knee underneath his hips and that's going to stop him from moving mm. and I think that just kind of builds a better understanding of what you're actually trying to achieve mm. yeah, that makes sense because you want you want to because you know you want a, a why and a how instead yeah. of saying do that you know but you know like oh yeah here's why I should do that yeah exactly and you need to kind of get to a stage where you know every or you don't know everything but you know enough and you kind of can make a decision as to okay I'm in X situation. This is probably the best solution for the situation I'm currently in. Now, that's a good idea. You want all your bases covered so they don't just draw a blank if they get put into a bad position. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll, they'll be confident that they can at least handle for a bit. I uh, see. I got a question here. What was, um, what was the first seminar you ever went to, you know, in, just in your, er, in your early days? 
like you know if you can remember back to it. my first ever seminar was with uh Hamula Baral actually uh, well, do you know what he, do you remember what he taught there like he taught you uh, he taught really basic spider guard stuff that I had I had never seen before and at the time I didn't realize he was some famous world champion either <laughs> that's always fun yeah I was just this like I don't know how long I've been training maybe like eight months I was just this white belt with an uh, oversized key <laughs> and uh, I rocked up to this uh, Hamo Liberal seminar not having a clue who this Brazilian guy was and then like only recently well not recently but about two years later I realized holy crap it's this guy's like kind of a big deal uh, man that was kind of similar to my first one was with Jake McKenzie I was like uh, about six months in I didn't you know I didn't know who the fuck he was because you know I didn't know anything about like a GF team or any of them guys or just about competitors in general and see I just thought it was my coach's friends coming to teach a, you know, uh, a class that night. I actually didn't actually know it was a seminar. And so afterwards, when the guy was like, did you pay for the seminar? I'm like, what seminar? He's like, the one you just fucking went to, dude. <laughs> uh, but good, good ass deep hat shit, by the way. You know, good waiter. Yeah, sleep. I've heard a lot about that stuff. He has that coyote. Coyote control or something is in this. It's, is, is uh, that that's more of a Lucas Lecce thing, the coyote half guard, but oh, uh, right. Jake McKenzie's more of a deep half oriented okay. guy. Yeah, I know um, a couple of the guys from BJJ Cork that I train with are always trying the, some of that Jake McKenzie stuff on me, all right? Oh, man. Oh, dude, speaking of Lucas Lecce, who recently went to one of his seminars, with, uh, it was a two day thing up in Dublin. Up in uh, Royal Grappling, is it? Yeah, at uh, Roger yeah. and Paul's place. It's a great place. So, fucking if it wasn't it was such a great seminar you know and here's the thing i got his dvd recently at bgj fanatics it's same stuff so you know that's handy when they release an instructional it's the stuff they've taught in the seminars you can go back over in case you yeah. didn't record it it's extremely yeah. handy yeah i, I find uh, like um, instructionals are really instructionals are really helpful but um it does help if you can kind of if you've done the seminar as well because i have the same with um uh, Lachlan Giles I did a seminar with him on his half guard in the Royal Grappling as well actually and uh, I have small his, world I have his uh, half guard DVD and I just find it's a lot easier because I kind of it's I remember what we were learned in the seminar as well as what he's teaching in the DVD it's funny you mentioned half guard because like uh, a couple months back I, I got the Fionn Davies like sort of power passing thing She's uh he has good passing. Oh, sorry, <clears throat> sorry. Then like uh I went to a seminar where she was teaching the same stuff, and then you know it sort of clicks. I wasn't really getting the point, but then you know once you actually go there in person, that you you know you have a chance to learn from them. You know, in person, as I said, it's, it just sinks in a bit quicker. I find. Yeah, definitely. What was uh, yeah. the most recent one you went you went to? Was that the Jamie Hughes one that was on a few months ago? Um, I'm actually not sure. Was that my most recent? I had, we had Jamie Hughes down in in T45, all right. But I think I went to an Adam Orditsky seminar. Was more recent than that. Oh no, we Did had you? Sam. I actually had Sam McNally down at the start of the year. That was the most oh, yeah. seminar I hosted. I forgot yeah. that. Uh, you know the Adam Orditsky seminar you went to. Was that at Royal Grappling as well? No, no, that was actually over in um in Liverpool in. A friend of mine, Neil Atkins, his gym, he hosted uh, Adam Wardetsky after the last Grapple Fest I was on. That was back in November last year, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I went to an Adam one that was at a uh, Royal Grappling. I only went to the second day of it, so I just assumed you went to the first one. I was like, no, Small no, World was... again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny because I actually uh, so the <clears throat> the um, Grapple Fest was on in Liverpool, in the centre of Liverpool, mm. and I had stayed in a hotel quite close to quite close to the venue. So then I had to get up in the morning. I think it was about like half nine or ten. I got up, had to get up for to get the train to go out to where the seminar was. Aye. And uh, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, that's that's grand, whatever. And um, I looked to my left uh, at the on the platform at the station, and uh, it had been Adam Wardinsky and his girlfriend were just standing there waiting to go <laughs> the same place. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, oh my god. I'd say he was easy to recognise with his fucking lines, man. Oh, yeah. His hair is pretty glorious, to be fair. Jesus Christ, man. It's fucking <laughs> ridiculous. i say it's easily grabbable if you go for, like, a snap down. I know a guy, he had a mullet, and he chopped it off because people kept grabbing his head to snap him down. He's like, I'm fucking sick of getting guillotined. No more mullet. And yeah, also, I know if mullets are shite. That. It's official. Mullets suck, so get rid of them. Hey, man, after watching Tiger King, I'm considering growing one. Not going to lie. Uh, dude, if you do, that's uh, an effective end to our friendship. So let's just <laughs> let's just let's just say that. <laughs> let's see, let's uh, see what happens when I get out of quarantine. <laughs> uh, man, have you um have you ever learned something from a seminar that's become like an integral part of your game? You know that you've just implemented it so well because it just clicked really well. Like this is like a mainstay in my game now. Um, my probably my gee game was most benefited by I did a Hobson Moore seminar a while back as a blue belt I think mm-hmm. and he did this um kind of lapel control it's not gubber guard it's quite similar to it's similar to gubber guard but it's not you don't do the whole like rubber guard leg up over their back kind of stuff mm. was that the weird shit you were doing to me that one time um, you kept grabbing my lapel and just doing wonky <clears throat> shit. I'm like, what the? F- Why yeah. does he keep sweeping me, the bastard? So it's the same. Yeah, it's kind of a similar concept. It's basically I'm using the lapel across your back. It creates a diagonal of control across your spine, which ah. kind of hugs you down into me. It's really good for posture control. And uh, I have a few sweeps and uh, submissions from there that I like to play. So that's probably one of the in terms of my gee my gee game. And uh, my no gee game is more just like I've kind of like literally pick stuff up from the likes of Lachlan Giles and watching Gary Tonin and stuff, just trying to basically uh, recreate some of what they do. <laughs> Badly, but... <laughs> uh, dude, let's say, like, um, is there anyone in particular, like, say this whole quarantine shit is gone, then, you know, and, like, if you could pick anyone, you know, you just, like to go to seminar to, like, anyone like, in the entire world, who would you pick? Um, probably Eddie Cummings. I think he's one of my like all-time favorites. Uh, what sort of stuff would you hope for him to teach? Like stuff you'd want to learn off him. Um, to be honest, I just love to know how he finishes his uh, heel hooks from the outside ashy because like he's probably the highest finishing percentage from that position. Like most people finish um, from the saddle with the inside heel hook, but um, Eddie Cummings gets. Uh, he seems to be one of the only people who like consistently taps people with the outside finish so i just love to kind of like figure out or like pick his brain a bit mm. i tell you man that'd be one hell of an opportunity if we ever got the chance yeah he trains over in new york and i know i'm kind of like 
been debating going to New York. So at some stage, hopefully, when all this kind of madness dies over, I'll uh, be able to go over for a week or two. I tell you, man, it's a good thing your your missus does tra- train as well, because you wouldn't have to like try and convince her. Oh, come on, it'd be a good tra- good trip to go over to New York. Yeah, I'm totally not going over just to train. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's like uh, that's kind of probably uh, God's end now at this stage because like we're both stuck at home like and <laughs> I you know it'll pass brah you know yeah. it's brah uh, see was it um what was your first your first ever competition like and uh how'd it go like my first ever competition was Grapple Palooza 2013 or no 2012 I think and uh yeah because I, I did absolutely abysmal my first time <laughs> what happened i got loop choked by adam lady in about under a minute as far as i can remember uh was this when you were a white belt or was it oh yeah um, i was a white belt yeah so uh, i kind of like didn't compete much <laughs> uh i didn't compete as much when i was a white belt like i competed maybe twice uh three times as a white belt and uh, mainly because I was like juggling college and training, I was never, I wasn't kind of fully able to commit to training. And mm. um, so I think it was until I got my blue belt and I had a job that I was able to kind of train in the evenings that I was kind of then able to kind of commit to competing a bit more re- frequently. Mm. Do you have a favorite competition story? Like just from, I know you could be a lot. Do you have like a favorite one in particular? You know, you just have really fond memories of. Um, I think one of my like one of my favorites was um, I beat um, I won the uh, Irish Open at Brown Belt um, two years ago, and I was getting my ass handed to me by uh, Julian from BJJ Cork, who's an absolute savage. But uh, like I was just getting demolished. Like I think he had racked up like ten points on me or something mad like that, and I was just like, like this is going horribly, and. Um, I swept him with, I, I don't know how long was left on the clock when I swept him, but I swept him and came up on top and I started to pass. And I looked at the clock and I was like, there's no way I'm going to score the 10 points and win on points. So I just literally said, like literally John Nader style, fuck it, try a leg lock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, back stepped onto an e-bar and got an e-bar finish. And I was just like, that was the most ridiculous thing ever. <laughs> god damn man you have to send me that later that sounds fucking awesome yeah it was probably it's probably one of my favorite uh wins just because it was such a like coming from behind like pull, pulling it out of my ass essentially <laughs> just like a gotcha bitch that sort of yeah. thing uh do you have a do you have any <clears throat> advice for anyone who's sort of come back from a loss because you know how it is with people when they first compete they're probably going to get the shit beat out of them yeah. and you know, they might they might get discouraged yeah, I think the best the best bit of advice that uh, some uh, someone ever gave me was um, basically they said like no one really cares about you and like it's kind of like true because like yeah your teammates and stuff they do care and obviously they'd love for you to do well but they're not gonna kick you out of the gym if you don't do well. So yeah, I, like I no think, one ever really gives you grief for losing. I noticed like yeah. no one's ever gonna say you suck or you're shit. Yeah. Or fuck you. Like who cares? Yeah, exactly. And as soon as you can kind of get out of your own head about losing, it becomes less of a, a thing. Like when I lost, like I, uh, I, I lost uh, in the Euros earlier this year, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, like it went as about as bad as it could have. Like I lost in the first round, got submitted, and like I came off the mats and like you know, obviously you get upset, you have your little cry in the corner for the 10-15 minutes or whatever but then like just kind of brush yourself off and get on with it like just I think that's kind of the best way to get better is just to keep keep trying and not make not put don't put as much emphasis on winning the medals and winning stuff put more emphasis on just putting yourself out there and trying because like I think that's what competitions is is should really be about it shouldn't be about on class look at all my medals putting up your medals on YouTube like you know because so many people don't even compete and you know it's it is hard to like go out there and try like i get fucking nervous every single time like uh but you know i still I just love fucking competing like and you know everyone just has to you know test themselves and stuff you know not, it's not necessarily about you know just being the fucking best in the world yeah it's just a it's just a really good way to test test your uh jiu-jitsu level because like i think the biggest thing i've noticed is um people don't um or when you train in a gym, it's very easy to get into this like um, I call it like a <clears throat> I call it like a gym game where it's like it's like say for example I know you're really good at leg locks or whatever, <clears throat> so then my role with you in the gym will just turn into a game uh, turn into a role where I just don't want to let you leg lock me. Yeah. And um, like same like say I know I can catch you with a guillotine. Mm. I'm just going to guillotine you every time you roll. I'm not going to. Go, go try to do anything else so like the thing about competing is it's kind of putting yourself on that spot and making you kind of be like okay am i good because yeah, you you don't know their game because you know, yeah unless you've fought them a bunch of times more often than not it's just a complete stranger you don't even you, they don't know your game you don't know them it's just like a fresh experience yeah exactly because you know that's like the oldest fucking thing people complain about in and they compete like oh man I, I do so good in the gym but man when i compete i just do shit so it's like the oldest trouble everyone has. Yeah, but the the other thing as well is like a lot of that is mental. I find like I think think like there there needs to be an element of you kind of relaxing because like you're relaxed in the gym. Like in the gym, you're not hyped the way you'd be when you're competing. So I think you kind of need to compete until competing becomes a place that you're comfortable with, and then when you're comfortable, it's a lot easier to kind of play the game you play in the gym. Yeah. You know, just if you just get over yourself, you know, it's very handy. Uh, see, I got a few. <coughs> sorry, dude. I got a few uh, rapid fire questions here because we're, you know, uh, we're getting near to the end. Just a few rapid fire things. Is that cool? Yeah, we're quick. So you're going to like what I uh, call this little segment <laughs> a round of specifics. <laughs> I couldn't help myself with the fucking puns. Uh, uh, you got a favorite TV show when you were growing up? Favorite TV show is probably Yu-Gi-Oh. Ah, dude, I'm, a mass, I'm a massive nerd, so. Dude, fucking, you know what's the worst thing? The, I, I, like, I was looking into this recently. I can't remember why, but turns out the Blue Eyes White Dragon card is actually really shit now. I'm like, oh boy. But it was, it was always shit. It was just like. A strong card. It was just like all of the cards they use in the in the show are shit, <laughs> essentially. But what about the Yu-Gi-Oh wins card? Because he just pulls it out of his ass in every episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, dude. Like, I saw this fucking YouTube video one time. It was like the PS3 game. It's just um, it's just a Yu-Gi-Oh game, but it's just on PS3. You're just playing the card game, 
and the fucking computer, like he's playing on easy, mind you, and this fucking happened. Where are the odds? The fucking computer pulls out Exodia in the first turn. I'm like, how the fuck, how the fuck do you even do that? It's like a statistical anomaly. Man. Uh, what was uh, your first video game console and your favorite game on it? First video game console was a Game Boy Color, and I think I had Pokemon Yellow. You yellow belly boy. Yeah, I had a... <laughs> uh, dude, uh, what's it? First one I played was like uh, po- Pokemon Sapphire. I, that, was a, that was like the best fucking Pokemon game, of it, in my opinion. I don't care what anyone says. Sure, the new one's kind of shit, is it not? Like Sword and Shield. I haven't bought it. I haven't bought a Switch, so... I'm trying yeah, to dude, uh, trying to stay PC this. gaming and not play any uh, handheld stuff at the moment. Trying to keep my costs down a tiny bit. Well, I would do that if my computer wasn't a steaming pile of shit. Like I was trying to record this on the computer initially, but then I was like, I figured out you could record like um, stuff on the iPhone with Skype. So I'm like, yeah, how about we just do that? Because <laughs> less less fuckery. Uh, who's the most famous person either in jiu-jitsu or just like a, a celebrity that you ever met like most famous person you've ever met most famous person I've ever met that's a weird one I do not know how about, how about the most famous jiu-jitsu person you met famous jiu-jitsu person I met was uh, I've done a I did an open mat with Gary Tonin what yeah before no fucking Pol- way before Polaris about Oh man, it was Polaris like three or four, I think. And uh, just randomly, uh, there was an open mat, and Gary Tonin, Gianni Grippo, and a load of the competitors on Polaris showed up to it. Holy shit, man! Yeah, it was really Did you get rad. an opportunity to roll with him, or? No, I didn't. I would have embarrassed myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't sell yourself short, Rowan. <laughs> I was like a fresh purple belt, so I was just like, no, just keep your head down, don't say anything stupid. <laughs> No, you should have got up to him and was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> I would love to see what happened. That'd be funny. Uh, what was the most embarrassing injury you've ever had, whether it be jiu-jitsu related or non-jiu-jitsu related? Yeah, most embarrassing one is definitely falling on my head and when I was stacking someone in an armbar and get, I gave myself a concussion. Oh, I thought you were going to say falling on your head when you were a baby. No, <laughs> I was trying to like stack out of an armbar and I just lost my balance and I had no base and I just went like face first into the mat and I gave myself a concussion. Uh, yeah, it was it was a bad one. I was just like, that was definitely one of the worst jujitsu injuries I've had. Uh, well, not the worst, just the most stupid, I suppose. Oh, uh, dude, one of the most ridiculous ones for me. See, my first ever nogi fight at Blue Belt, I went to Naga there in August and like, um, I you know. We start the match, and I tried to get, like, a snap down, like, circle my arms in when we were sort of in a clinch to get his head down. I didn't sort of push him back first and then throw his head down. I just pulled him in and slammed his fucking head right into mine, and I gave myself a concussion. And the match kept fucking going. I just couldn't see straight. Then I got leg locked in, like, a minute. I'm like, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, it happens, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's uh, your favorite grappling match to ever watch? Like, uh, just your favourite one in, in general? Uh, uh, Pat Harris and Gary Tonin on YouTube, man. Uh, I think it was Polaris 3, was it? Or 4? Um, uh, I was actually there live for that one. I was for, uh, actually in the front row. And it was just an absolute crazy match. It's like 20 minutes of Gary Tonin trying to submit Pat Harris. And Pat Harris, pretty sure he, like, suplexes him at one point. 
the whole Ooh. thing. Yeah, it's just a mad match. Fucking hell. Do you have a favourite UFC fight? Oh, what's the one? Uh, Robbie Lawler and uh, uh, Rory McDonald. Do you know that one before one of the McGregor fights? Where oh, yeah, that's like the tutorial fight in UFC 2, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it is. Like You start playing as them to get the like mechanics down when you first start to boot up the game. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's that one. Oh, I just that remember. Lips all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. The, the lip got split open and he like broke Roy McDonald's nose or something and it was just oh man it's just violent <laughs> just violence <laughs> oh well violence is pretty fun sometimes do you have uh, any other martial arts that, you're, that you've done or interested in you know uh, um, in your heyday done judo and I did MMA for uh, quite a bit so back before it was cool you know <laughs> I did it before it was cool man <laughs> no I did uh, I, I, I had MMA I did MMA back when I like, was first doing Jiu Jitsu back in like 20, 2011 kind of back around then um, had a few kind of novice fights uh, won a no headshots competition all that kind of stuff did the MMA leagues all that but then mm. supposed to have my first amateur match and was get kind of getting ready for that and ended up uh, breaking my rib on the lead up to it. And How'd you break your rib? I got a, I actually got taken down by one of my training partners and whatever way he took me down, I landed on my own arm and my arm, my elbow like jutted into my ribs and broke my ribs. Fuck. Yeah, it was, it was awful. And uh, to be honest with you, what ended up happening then was my head kind of switched. I was just like, I don't really enjoy this MMA stuff anymore. <clears throat> yeah, f- fair enough. I can see. I can see why why you'd, why you'd think that. Uh, what's uh, your favorite period in history? Like, if you had a time machine, you could pick anywhere to go. Where would you go first? Probably Rome. Oh no, actually, ancient dinosaurs. I fucking love dinosaurs. So. You're not afraid again. You're not afraid again. Probably would probably will get eaten, but it would be totally worth it to see him. <laughs> now, would you not just like guillotine a velociraptor or something? I feel like that wouldn't end badly for me. They're like evil chickens. <laughs> <laughs> or just he look a velociraptor. I, I like made this Photoshop thing of Locked and Giles. He looking a velociraptor. Would you not just try that? Yeah, I feel like it would end badly. Oh well, uh, sure. Do you have a favorite philosopher that you, um, you know, you admire? Not, re- not really. To be honest, man, I'm not really, never really done done much in looking into philosophy or anything. Just kind of, if we, I feel like it gets too heavy too fast. <laughs> well, you don't, you don't philosophize. No, I don't philosophize. No. <laughs> well, I know the answer to this question already. What's your favorite gi brand? It's VHTS, uh, isn't it? VHTS. I have to give them a shout out. They're absolute legends. Um, their gis are actually the nicest gis I've ever worn, though. They're so well constructed. Um, like they feel like a premium gi. Now, mm. they, they they aren't exactly the cheapest gis on the planet, but man, they're worth the money. Mm. Uh, what, just one question about that. Like, what's the how's the shrinkage on like a fucking VHTS key for anyone who's curious? Um, I've actually not seen any shrinkage with them. I get a, I'm an A1, and there's been very very little, maybe a tiny bit on the sleeves, but like a lot less than any of the tatami ones I've bought. Mm. 
because I find I'm A2, and after I wash, like, I, I wear Altatami. I have, like, 20 gis that are Altatami, not sponsored. It was, so whenever I wash a gi, A2, after it shrinks just that little bit, then it's perfect on me. So uh, it's just, like, perfect for you, the VHTS A1? Yeah, the A1 seemed to be absolutely bang on for me, yeah. So I'm kind of lucky that way. And you prefer gi or no gi? Um, I actually... I like them both. I prefer competing nogi, and I like think submission only nogi is a lot more interesting and exciting. Yeah, that's where all the attention's at now, like yeah. grapple fest and samurai grappling. Yeah, exactly. But I think, like, I do enjoy gi. I love love training in the gi. Um, I spent a lot of time last year looking at uh, the worm guard and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I really do enjoy training and or training. I like competing in it too, but. I think it's just like Nogi's kind of just more fun to do competitions in and especially like the likes of Grapple Fest and those shows are just they're just second to none really for competing with. Mm. What's uh, your favourite food man? Favourite food is pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love pizza. Oh man. Uh, what's your favourite mu- music genre? Uh, heavy metal. <laughs> I sort of noticed that when the yeah. Force Metallica track came on when I went to your gym. I was like, yeah, I'm, no- I'm noticing a theme. I actually have to tone it down for the gym. Like, I listen to a lot heavier metal than that, but I have to kind of keep it like a sort of certain level for everyone else. Uh, just like beginner metal, like yeah. heavy metal. Yeah, it's kind of. <clears throat> I actually have a few playlists on my Spotify for like the regular people because my my own Spotify playlists are just insane. Do you have it labeled normies or something? I probably should. <laughs> uh, what's uh, your hopes for the future, whether it be personal goals, your gym, or just for competition? Um, well, I had a load of goals. I set goals at the start of every year, but I think the whole coronavirus has kind of scuppered all of those. I had plans. I think I was going to do like, I think I was planning on doing 10 competitions minimum. and I wanted to do four new countries that I hadn't competed in yet. Hmm. But I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> Yes. Um, I think one of like in terms of like the gym goals I think just get back up and running after all of this and try to get the kind of back to where we were I mm. so. uh, man pretty pretty cool answer there so um who inspires you the most like uh, in jiu-jitsu eg like work worth it eh, work ethic or mentality like do someone you just you know admire how much they work and all that um king of really just locked in giles man he's just like He's just really kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people. Like, he's really, really good, and his methodologies and coaching is top-notch. But, like, he flew on, fl- flies under the radar, just kind of tips away, does his own thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's obviously getting the results because, like, man, that performance in ADCC last year was just the most insane thing ever. They do. That was fucking crazy. It was, like, the Muhammad Ali one. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, and, Pat- <laughs> and Patrick Gaudio. Like, he just submitted, like, Three heavyweights, like it's crazy. And he's he's like a fucking lightweight, is he not? I think he's the he was seventy seven, so that's more like middle middleweight, isn't it? I think, mm. yeah. Or yeah, well, no, yeah. It's, it is lightweight actually. No, six seventy six would be lightweight in the IBJJF rules. Ah, eh, fuck the IBJJF. <laughs> there, I said it, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, what's the most valuable lesson you've learned from jujitsu when you're like? seven or eight years is it yeah i think it's eight or nine but we'll see <laughs> um probably just like just 
chilling out a tiny bit. Like, you know, I don't know. I think jujitsu kind of keeps me level-headed and keeps me calm. Like, you know, someone's being a pain in the ass when you're in your day job or something. Like, you're just kind of like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, because, you know, you know you know, you could kill them if you wanted to. It's not, so uh, you, you <laughs> it's not even that side of it. I think it's just sort of like, you know, I don't really care i suppose it's just sort of like yeah go on freak out whatever you want i, I i'm gonna go show people and be happy about myself <laughs> i we here's the last question uh who's the most important person in your jiu-jitsu journey so far you know the person that's helped you out the most and all that you know you're really grateful to um I have a couple but i think kind of my number one kind of person who's kind of helped me out the most with stuff was um actually kent peters believe it or not Say what? Yeah. Zombie-proof jiu-jitsu guy? Yeah, that guy. Um, so, like, I went through kind of a rough time with switching gyms and a lot of other kind of stuff. Right. So, um, I'm not going to go into the details because I could just, you know, start, start sounding like I'm bad-mounting people. No, no, it's but, fine. Um, basically, I was kind of going through a rough time moving gyms, and he, I kind of reached out to him, and he had a similar situation happen with him, and he just kind of helped me kind of figure out what was the best next step and the next step was basically me going and approaching Andy Ryan about affiliating with him but yeah Man, it's I was not expecting that answer Ken fucking Peters Jesus yeah it's a, it's a weird one I <laughs> uh, do why didn't you get one of his uh, tie-dye geese to as a thank you <laughs> Uh, I I, I kind of keep meaning to buy some zombie proof stuff, man. I just never seem to have money put aside when I want to go buy it. Mm, I see. I just like I'm just grabbing one of my white geese and I'm getting like a tie dye thing because I want a funky gee. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's uh, the last question there. And uh, so, do you got any Instagrams you want to plug, Renton? Before we head yeah, off. Yeah, I suppose uh, just my own is Creonte Ugly. Uh, Coyote Yoga, goddamn. <laughs> well, so that's them. In case they don't get the reference. <laughs> yeah, that's my own. That's my own uh, Instagram, and I guess just uh, check out the T forty five Instagram, the Team Rhino Instagram, and my sponsors VHGS and BJJ Strength Camp. They're all on Instagram, and they're all really cool people. So give them a follow. Uh, man, thanks for coming on. You've been an amazing guest, and I uh, hope this podcast actually goes well. <laughs> Yeah, no worries, man. Glad to be part of it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the next couple of episodes will be cool. Aye. Thanks, bro. See you later. Take it easy. Cheers. Cheers.